everyone, you're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. I've listened to podcasts, and I've heard master classes, and I've seen YouTube videos, and I have read a lot of books, but I've yet to hear anyone, even TED Talks, I'm yet to hear anyone talk about how to increase your level of shame. I mean, it's always how to thwart shame, how to get shame off of you. But today I thought we would do something that maybe has never been done before. I want to preach a sermon on how to increase your shame, the fine art of shaming. That way, when you leave, you'll know how to walk in shame, how to deal with shame, how to receive shame, and how to shovel shame on others. Does that sound good? Very positive, isn't it? That's okay, that's okay, that's okay. Shame, we've been talking about it, shame. The first week we talked about the origin of shame. Last week we talked about how to face the sandstorms of shame. Today we're looking at how to increase shame. Now I know a lot about this subject because I deal with shame and so do you because we're human beings and I was just praying about this and thinking about this so I thought I'm just gonna share some stuff from my life regarding how I've walked in shame in ways I shouldn't have and then I began to look through scripture. Scripture is littered with people Characters, men and women who dealt with shame. Well, today we're going to talk about one of my favorite characters, and his life, though, is a tragedy of what might have been. His name is Saul. Would you say that with me? Saul. That's right. Saul was a guy that was super talented. He had so much ability, so many things going for him, yet he ended up living in the cesspool of shame. What is shame, you might be asking. I mean, you showed up here, you're like, what, shame, what is that? Shame is that, is that emotion, that all-encompassing emotion of disappointment that we have with ourselves, with others, and with God. Some shame is self-imposed, in fact, I would say most is, Sometimes shame is imposed on us by others. No matter what it is, it's shame. Shame is the result of sin and guilt. Because if we stay with guilt too long, if guilt is left unchecked, it segues into shame. Guilt is, my bad, (laughs) I made a mistake. Shame is, I am bad. I am a mistake. So it's my prayer that the Holy Spirit of God would move and convict and point out shame sources in all of our lives so we can walk in victory. Because God is a shame off God. He's all about shame off. So whenever you hear these voices, because we have running conversations with ourselves, don't we? God is always telling you and me who we are. Your sin, your shame has been forgiven 
and God has chosen to forget that stuff. So whenever we hear shame, I'm not good enough, I'm not cool enough, I'm not this enough, I'm not curvaceous enough, I'm not ripped enough, or whatever, that is from the enemy himself. So the enemy wants us to take laps of regret in the cesspool of shame. And too many of us waste too much time doing that. So what are these drivers that are causing shame? Well, let's look at Saul. The first thing I want you to see from Saul's life, and here's something you have to do if you're going to increase shame, talk bad about yourself. That's right, just, just talk bad about yourself. That's what, that's what Saul did. A couple of figures you need to understand in today's message as we do a quick flyover of the life of Saul. Samuel, he was God's man. He was a judge and a prophet. He was like the guy with God's people, the Israelites, Samuel. All right, Samuel anointed Saul as king over Israel. It wasn't God's real, real plan. I mean, basically God's people wanted a king because the neighboring nations had one. You know how it is. Your neighbor buys a new truck, you know, you want a truck. Someone else buys this necklace, you want that necklace. It's just kind of a, a, a human situation that we all deal with. Well, one day, through a strange set of circumstances, through some lost donkeys, yeehaw, Samuel meets Saul, and God tells Samuel, this dude is going to be the next king of Israel. Now, Lady Saul, was something else. The average height, if you're wondering, of men back in the day, 5'5". Five, five. Most scholars believe Saul was about 6'5". Long, flowing, thick, black hair. Articulate, handsome. Like I've been saying, he was a Hallmark guy. Those Hallmark guys always have a bunch of hair. They always have stealth wealth and they can cook and decorate, and their favorite thing to do is cuddle. <laughs> That's what women want, guys. They act like women. I'm not saying Saul was that, but I want you to get into your mind. This guy was, and, 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 and he was like the man, handsome. He, he stood out. So Samuel basically tells him, Saul, you're gonna be the next king, and check out the negativity You'll see it, 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 21. Saul answered, but I'm not a Benjamite. In other words, he's, he's not from the right place, the wrong side of the tracks. I'm from the smallest tribe of Israel. I, and, and is not my clan the least of all the clans in the tribe of Benjamin? Why do you say such a thing to me? I'm not, 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 I'm not. Why, Samuel, do you say such a thing to me? I mean, me being king? Sounds like he didn't want the responsibility. But this gives us an insight talking negative about yourself. I mean, what if people could hear the conversations going on in our minds right now? Well, here I am again, speaking. Speaking is weird, it's almost like you are emotionally undressing in front of scores and scores of people that you don't know. If people knew the level of shame that I've walked through and even what I deal with now, I'm not sure they would believe it. 
As I look at my life, I see how shame has manifested itself in certain ways. And God is doing a work in my life, believe it or not, while I'm preparing for this and while I'm even delivering this message. You know, sometimes I think, well, on another note, hope this looks okay. Dad got this suit for me 10 years ago. That's right, 10 years ago from Suit Supply. I don't wear it that much, and I almost didn't wear it today, but Lisa said, that looks great. And that's enough for me, for insecure me. It's just my prayer as I'm, as I'm thinking that people will understand the role that shame plays and the freedom we can have as we discover how Jesus has taken it, how he's forgiven us of it and forgotten it. Edit your self-talk. Edit those conversations. Ask questions. Is this coming from the enemy? Remember, he speaks shamese. Or is this coming from God? So the first way, if you want to increase shame, isn't this fun? Just talk bad about yourself. There's another way. Resist any form of vulnerability. As, as we look at Saul's life, when people said things bad about him, when they joked about him, he couldn't really laugh at himself. You show me someone who cannot laugh at themselves and I'll show you someone who's swimming in the cesspool of shame. Can you laugh at yourself? Or do you have those rabbit ears? Have you ever heard of that before? Rabbit ears, it's a baseball term. That means you pick up everything people are saying, good, bad, ugly, and you exaggerate it and you hear it and then you repeat it and it's on this negative loop from hell itself. And that keeps us, doesn't it? That keeps us from being vulnerable. Saul wouldn't say, okay, here I am, God, warts and all. Because the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 22, so they, who are the they in your life, sounds like a great book. <laughs> so they asked the Lord, where is he? And the Lord replied, 1 Samuel 10, 22, he's hiding among the baggage. In some translations, it says hiding amongst the basket. So, so Saul is the first basket case we have on record. So I want you to watch this progression. So Saul, and here's how you become a, a shameful person. Saul begins to talk bad about himself and he just hears that negative loop from hell. He's listening to that voice. He's leaning into that. Then not only is he listening to that voice, he's listening to what others say about him. Whenever you step out and do anything, whether you're a pastor, a dentist, a coach, whether you're a teacher, whenever you make any decision, whenever you step out there, you're gonna have people that don't dig it. Leaders hear everything, but they only listen to the right they. And where do you find the right they? In church. They are in church. T-H-E-Y. The right they are tough, they're also tender because they're listening to the Holy Spirit. H, they're, they're honest, 
and they're honorable. E, they're encouraging and also exciting. I don't want to hang around people who are discouraging. I don't want to hang around doggy downers, you know, Debbie Downers. I don't want to hang around people like that. I want to go where I'm celebrated, not tolerated. Who are the they in your life? Why? They're yielded to God and to your friendship. And as you read Saul and about his life, I don't have time to to read every verse. Saul had the right they around him for a while. The Bible says he was, was walking around. He was going from one place to another and he had the right they with him. But the scripture says scoundrels, that's what the Bible says, started making fun of him. He acted like he didn't hear it, but he did. So who are the they in your life? The right they always have something to say and they're gonna parrot back what God says about you. The wrong they, they always are gonna pull you into the prey. So regularly, we have to edit not only the conversations that we say to ourselves, but edit the they in our lives. Who are the they? Because I can meet your they and I could learn a lot about you just by meeting those people. So are you vulnerable? That's why church is so, so critical. It's a place where we can be real. And it's, and it's vital that we're real before God, real with ourselves and real with others. And quite frankly, if you're not involved in a community of vulnerability known as the church, you're signing up for shame. Saul was, was, was sort of clueless as far as his relationship with the Lord. I mean, he had his moments, but I mean, the guy didn't even know who Samuel was when he met him. I'm like, Saul, how self unaware can you be, man? And what's funny about shame is most of us are self unaware about it. It's like, oh, you're talking about someone else, not me. Oh, you're talking about my husband, not me. Oh, you're talking about my boss. I wish my boss could hear this. He's all about shame. We're going to find out too that, that Saul turned into a narcissist. I like that word narcissist. You know, we've, we've, we've sterilized pride out of control. We call it narcissism. It sounds easier, doesn't it? Forget narcissism. That's psychobabble. It's about pride out of control. And let me tell you this, all of us have some narcissism in our lives. All of us do. But Saul, we're gonna see, slowly became that narcissist because the driver of narcissism, the trigger of narcissism is, you guessed it, shame. Shame. When pride is out of control, someone has a shame issue. Talk down to yourself. Resist any form of vulnerability. In other words, hide. That's what what Saul was doing, hiding in the baggage. It was his day. I mean, they were announcing him, his coronation. Fighting out of the Hebrew camp. He stands six feet, five inches tall. Saul, he's nowhere to be found. I mean, they're flying drones, trying to find where he, no one could find him. He's hiding. Uh-oh, Adam and Eve, what do they do when they sin? They hid from God. 
How about Moses? What did he do when he killed the Egyptian? He hid him in the sand. Now we find Saul hiding. Whenever you think about this this term shame, there's a dichotomy in shame, a major dichotomy. On one hand, you have secrecy, I'll put an S, but on the other hand, you have honesty and Vulnerability, which voice do you listen to? Where do you lean? What do you do and how do you unpack this in your life? These situations that seem just like, okay, that's serendipitous, that just happened, but look at what happened to our boy Saul. Chasing donkeys, meet Samuel. He's anointed as king over Israel. He's talking down about himself, running from responsibility. He's resisting any type of vulnerability. As you read about his life, you won't believe how many times he kept silent and didn't share what was going on. And now, this is one of my favorites. This is one of the things that I do, and so do you, to increase shame. Brag on yourself. Man, it got quiet. You mean, yeah, brag on yourself. Brag on yourself. Pride is an interesting sin. It's the forerunner of all sins, pride. I can't have anger, I can't have lust, I can't have greed without first of all being prideful. And as you've heard me say, I've heard a lot of people confess to a lot of things, but I've rarely heard someone say, hey, I deal with pride, my man. It's silent, it's seductive pride, and and it shows up in in shame. As you read this, you're like, Ed, man, you're being too hard on Saul. He's hiding, I mean, the guy's humble. No, 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 no. We can be prideful in our pride. You know people like that, don't you? They're just straight up prideful. But also, check this out, we can be prideful in our humility. So the most prideful person here might not be this person who's like, I'm in the house, might not be the most prideful person. Could be that person that's quiet. Could be that person that looks very, very conservative, but they think that they are God and they think they're running the show in their lives. And that pride is the sin is the issue that the devil had in heaven that caused him to be kicked out to earth. So Samuel is like, man, Saul, you got to do better. But Saul's like, I am gonna do better. I'm the man. Now, what I'm telling you spans over about 25 years. We find Saul, he's the new king. He is the man. And, and his son wins a victory. And the Bible tells us this. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 13, three through four, then Saul had the trumpet blown throughout the land and said, let the Hebrews hear. So all Israel heard the news, Saul. That's right, Saul. Saul has gained the victory. I'm the man. It's me. It's me. Me. 
me. No Saul, no sorry, but no cigar, and I like cigars. It was your son. Give credit to where credit is due. Someone who takes credit for another person's ideas, they get a shame issue. Someone who's always got to be the man or the woman, they've got a shame issue. Someone who's hypercritical of themselves and others, they've got a shame issue. Someone who has outbursts of anger, they've got a shame issue. So it's not just those things we see many times on the surface, it's what's beneath it. I was in a boat one time, just styrofoam boat, just, just messing around in a little lake. So I was paddling and just kind of looking around. I just love the outdoors. And all of a sudden, the boat came to a, a screeching halt. I guess you could say screeching halt if you're paddling pretty fast, can't you? And I'm like, man, what's the deal? I didn't see anything. So I began to do something that most boaters do who really know what's going on. I began to rock the boat back and forth. It was kind of a joke. Nothing happened. So I thought, this is really weird. The water is coffee black. You know, that's kind of scary, swampy water. Have you ever seen the movie, The Creature from the Black Lagoon? That's a classic. Watch that. It'll scare, it scares me every time I watch it. Anyway, so I thought, well, I can't stay out here the whole time. I'm going to have to take a dive and see what the deal is. So I curl my toes over this little styrofoam boat, I jump in the water. I'm going, whoa, man, water moccasins, alligators. So I dive down, I can't see, and I'm feeling on the bottom of this cheap boat. And I'm saying to myself, Ed, why did you buy this boat? You could afford a boat better than this. I mean, you know, all this stuff, self-talk. So I feel, I feel this, this limb, underwater limb. I'm going like, you've gotta be kidding. It literally had my boat impaled. How about that? One limb, the boat was impaled. So then I just swam up under the boat, planted my feet, I don't recommend this, on the bottom and pushed with all my might. And I freed the boat. Got back in the boat, paddled around, had a fun day. What the Holy Spirit of God is asking you to do is to curl your feet and your toes over the gunnel of the boat to dive in and see and locate what it is that's driving this. Partner with the Holy Spirit of God. Ask the Holy Spirit of God, pinpoint these issues in my life. I want to deal with this. Search me, God, and know my heart and then by his power and his grace he's going to push you off of that. Now it's not just a one and done thing. Too many churches are like okay yeah you got shame pray and you'll be delivered from shame. <gasps> Boom. Sorry no cigar. Yes there are moments when we make that decision okay I'm ready to deal with shame God. Holy Spirit you pointed out you set me free. However it is a process. So if you want to join me on this process of living a shame-free life, pretty much just 
Do the opposite. So talk down to yourself, resist any form of vulnerability. That's good. I mean, don't share who you really are with others. Brag on yourself. And, and, and one of the best ways to do that is on uh, InstaShame. I mean, Instagram. And, and, and uh, you know, isn't it true about 80% of Instagram's bragging? I mean, why do we post, really? I'm here and you're not. I'm traveling there and you're stuck. Always positioning. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of it is that way. And here's the deal. Let me talk about social media for a second. If you spend more than 30 minutes a day on social media, you are dealing with a major shame problem. Let me say it again. If you spend more than about 30 minutes a day on social media, you've got a shame issue. And so many of our young people spend hour after hour after hour on the shame machines. No wonder we're just cranking out narcissists left and right. No wonder we have the depression in young people. No wonder the suicide. No wonder the addiction. No wonder the eating disorders. I mean, we've taken shame, as I like to say, to a whole nother level. This is fun, isn't it? This is negative, but it's fun. Here's another way. It keeps going. I could go on and on. Another way to invite shame in your life, follow your heart. I mean, that's what, that's what Saul did. He just kind of followed his heart, followed his feelings. He had all of these battles, and he didn't fully obey God. He didn't fully do what Samuel told him to do. And as you read about his life, he blamed and blamed and blamed and blamed again. You remember this cycle that we've been talking about? We've been talking about the fame game. And then that segues into the lame game. And the lame game segues into the blame game. You can put Saul once again in this. I'm God, I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do. Yeah, I'll kind of tip my hat to you, God, but I'm the man, I'm six feet five. Black flowing hair, Saul. Well, how good did that get him? I'll tell you what, it got him, it got him into the lame game. He was all about secrets and hiding. Then he blamed. I mean, he blamed the soldiers. He blamed the, the topography. He even blamed God. Here was his problem. He followed his heart. How many times have you heard that? Just follow your heart. Well, sometimes. But that's really an exception, not the rule. Normally, my heart is wrong. I just follow my heart. Wherever my heart goes, I'm just going to follow it. I just really feel it. And you know, God just wants me to be happy, right? Well, you know, I'm still trying to find that verse. God wants, no. God wants us to be obedient because Samuel told Saul obedience is better than sacrifice. So follow your heart. That's another way to increase shame. The final way, <laughs> criticize, this is good, the success of your peers. That's what I love to do. When one of your peers is successful, just criticize him or her. Pastors aren't critical of professional athletes. 
Pastors are critical of other pastors. Professional athletes are critical of other professional athletes. Builders aren't critical of brain surgeons. Builders are critical of builders. When someone is successful in your life who's a peer, what do you do? See, Saul spent so much time chasing after people who were successful. Pretty much David, you know David, who was the next king who defeated the big behemoth, Goliath. He chased David and worried about David so much that he didn't do and use the gifts that were right in front of him. Okay, let's talk about something good, okay? The last thing, I got, I got one minute to do this. All right, instead of talking down to yourself, write this down now, talk about what God says about yourself. I'm lovable, I'm forgivable, I'm valuable. Man, just, just put that on a loop and press play. Instead of resisting any form of vulnerability, be real. Be real, have you seen that app, kids, be real? Come on, young people, lift it up, lift it up, be real. You know what be real is, basically? It gives context to Insta shame and face crook and all the other ones and litter, you know? It really does. It gives context to it because everything you see on social media is out of context. Social media is not a place to listen. It's a place to just dump all of your stuff on others. And basically it's to say, I'm here and you're not. So instead of bragging on yourself, become more self-aware. Are you self-aware? Guys, if not, just ask your, your wives. Am I, am I self-unaware? She'll tell you. First of all, the Holy Spirit will. And secondly, the Holy Spirit's given us, our wives, guys, to say, Boom. Now, 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 most of us, most guys are the most self-unaware people. Guys are. Yeah, women are, but guys, we really, 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 really struggle with it. We do. I mean, when we look in the mirror, we see reflected back, you know, Saul, six feet five, thick, flowing, black hair, articulate. Ladies, that's how delusional. We are. So it's time that we're real with ourselves. Obviously, we have to be real with God and with others. And, 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 and you know, we're only as sick as our secrets. If I, if I shared what was really going on, if I shared my struggles, if I shared that I did this because of shame, if I, if I shared that I'm a prideful person and I dropped that name or that place or, 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 or that deal out there in the conversation just so people would go, wow, he's the man. I mean, people would think I'm crazy. So instead of, you know, following your heart, obey God, whether you feel it or not. Let me say it again, obey God, whether you feel it or not. And instead of criticizing the success of your peers, celebrate them. Thank you for listening and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. 
There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless.